Welcome to Insurance Tomorrow, the podcast that looks at emerging trends and technology and the impact they're having on businesses and, of course, the insurance industry. This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Insurance, and I'm your host, Steph McGovern. Now, this series, we're going to look at topics including e-mobility, under-insurance and open finance. So do keep listening for those episodes. Today, we're focusing on business resilience. Now, if ever there's been a year to put resilience to the test, it's definitely the last one. Whatever business you're in, we've seen uncertainty in all kinds of forms, obviously the pandemic, but also other external factors like Brexit, an economic downturn, natural disasters, and even threats like cybercrime. So what does this all mean? Well, to discuss this, I'm joined by an expert panel, Stephanie Smith, Chief Operations Officer at Allianz UK, Maria Albonico, partner at McKinsey & Company, who led their research on SME resilience through COVID-19, and Claire Walker, Co-Executive Director at the British Chambers of Commerce. So welcome to all of you. Um, Stephanie, let me start with you then. Can you give me your thoughts on what business resilience is? Yes, of course, Steph. Thank you very much. In short, it's your ability to stay open for business, for your customers, when the worst happens, when the, the, the most the challenging thing you could possibly think of actually disrupts your business. So you need to stay open for business for your customers, you know, in the sorts of things that therefore we have to get our head around is what you do in a, in a serious snow event. You know, for example, the beast from the east, those sorts of things. What do you do for pandemics, cyber events, mass systems outages? So when those sorts of things really go wrong, can you still deliver for your customers? Can you still stay solvent, of course? Can you still operate? And I think the, the, the thing I would probably highlight is traditionally as a business, we've talked in, in insurance in particular and financial services a lot about financial resilience. Um, and, you know, we, I think that's very well understood, very well rehearsed. But this topic of business resilience more broadly is now increasingly, I think, getting some currency. And, and the last 12 months has really helped us focus in on this broader concept of business resilience, whether it's systems, processes, whether it's making sure that you understand how you can you can support people as, as normal, really, really important. So to sum it all up, it's it's a whole host of financial, operational and people resilience topics. Yeah. And it impacts so many people's lives in different ways now, doesn't it? Um, Maria, it's more important than ever, isn't it, to be resilient in business now? Absolutely. I think, uh, as Stephanie mentioned, that 2020 has really you know, uh, um, underlined the importance of resilience. And why is it even more important now? Uh, so many businesses, unfortunately, have been depleted their, uh, depleting their cash reserves and assets during the pandemic to survive. And by now, they might be in a quite fragile state. So it is really important to build that resilience before, if you wish, it's too late. For instance, uh, the uh, uh, ONS research in April 2020 found that 30% of UK businesses had less than three months of cash reserves. So if you think about this, uh, you can easily you know, uh, understand how important you know, being resilient is now more than ever. In addition, uh, if COVID wasn't enough, of course, Brexit also brings further uncertainty in the system at this point in time. For one, companies may no longer be able to fully optimize the efficiency of their production and supply chain by ensuring just-in-time delivery. Uh, a recent uh, McKinsey study found that 93% of global leaders of manufactured goods companies reported that they plan to uh, take steps to make their supply chain more resilient in uh, redundancies across the supplier, near shoring, uh, you know, reducing parts, etc. 
And uh, I think uh, the number might even be higher if we think about UK and Brexit coming in. Yeah. And and I think as well, Claire, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the pandemic, which, as we know, uh, would be pretty impossible to have predicted uh, a year or so ago. That's not the only thing that businesses have to prepare for, is it? So resilience in a business sense comes from lots of different areas, doesn't it? Absolutely. So what you what you all know is the kind of cash flow, be able to operate, workforce, location, all of those aspects are aspects that you would see on a business's risk register. Unfortunately for many businesses right now, a lot of those issues that they probably thought they might have one or two moved to a red, and now they've got quite a few flashing um, red um, at the same time. And that puts businesses in a really difficult position. And as Maria says, you know, we hear from the ground, our businesses telling us cash flow is so low, and that they've depleted a lot of the tactics that they have used. But there's not all doom and gloom. I think for many people, actually, this whole process and the you know extraordinary experiences of the last 12 months have meant that businesses will think a lot harder about how they can keep going and that the decisions that they need to make. And perhaps resilience will have a bit of a comeback into business planning and making sure that we're planning for all different scenarios, even those that they couldn't predict in the first place. And I think that has been a useful learning point for businesses, although many of them won't feel like that right now. If companies or businesses, whether they're they're SMEs right up to huge companies or brokers, for example, if they haven't prepared, if they haven't built this resilience, what do you think the impact could be? I think the key thing here is is customers. It comes down to customers. So our customers buy products from us through our brokers and from us direct so that when things go wrong, they know that they can lean on us and we will be there. And there's an expectation from them quite reasonably that we will have thought about some of the things that could go wrong. And we've built some of that resilience into our business. So when they're having challenges with floods, snow, whatever it might be, they can at least then rely on us because we're just that one little step ahead. So it's all about giving confidence to customers that we will be there. Um, uh, and, and actually, you know, we are helping to minimise some of that shock and provide a little bit more security for the future for them. Yeah. And Maria, what are the key areas do you think that businesses should focus on when it comes to resilience? You know, if you are, for example, an insurance broker. Well, I think there are several ways in which businesses can become more operationally resilient, especially in the context of COVID. First of all, I think increasing the resilience of the workforce by empowering employees and establishing you know, more dynamic, more agile teams is very important. The core idea here is to really enable your organization to uh, be able to trigger rapid decision-making, which in traditional organizations, uh, uh, which often SMEs are, um, is a bit more difficult because oftentimes uh, decisions are often escalated um, upwards. Um, another way is to invest uh, in uh, working from home capabilities, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people have invested into in 2020, and digital tools uh, to enable effective remote working, collaboration, but especially, I would say, client service. Um, through the pandemic, companies have invested, of course, in work from home capabilities. Um, uh, our research says 43 times faster than normal. That's a huge number. <laughs> uh, and of course, investing in digital tools to enable a more effective uh, um, remote working, collaboration, etc. 
Here, worker, brokers were already working remotely, and they are proficient uh, using digital channels to interact with customers uh, uh, via tools like WhatsApp and video chat. So uh, that's for sure one to strengthen even further going forward. And then also, I would say investing in other technologies is key. Cloud infrastructure has been another major priority to enable real-time and secure collaboration. The last point I'd like to mention, building relationship with new customers by increasing uh, a lot of the even more advanced digital capabilities, for instance, being able to generate lead, navigating you know, uh, um, uh, digital tools to operate remotely, it's uh, extremely important. Can I ask your thoughts, Stephanie, as well, just on that, in terms of areas where you think businesses should focus? Yeah, I, I think the most important thing is to be conscious to the need to prepare and plan. For example, you know, have a playbook for the most likely scenarios, whether that's a cyber event or a terrorism event or a network outage, which I have to say is probably my biggest, biggest worry, worry area. But all of those sorts of things are really important. So, so think about it consciously would be my number one. And if it just means spending a few hours working out what you would do in some of these scenarios, that will really help. Um, I think it's we've talked as well about tools and technologies. Um, you know, now more than ever, I think it's making sure when you make your future technology decisions, you're thinking about how they can work, not just in your office, but from home. Um, I'd encourage you as well when, when you're thinking about your suppliers and your third parties and the people you do business with, how resilient are they? I mean, from a customer's perspective, they don't really care that you've chosen to outsource something to another person. So you're as strong as the weakest link in your delivery chain. So it's really important that when you're talking to your suppliers, new ones at least, you ask some questions about their resilience, how they plan, um, how they test and what their results are. And I would suggest as well for people where you've got existing supplier networks, have a dialogue about how you can help. So there's quite a few things to think about. And, and I think the IT resilience topic, is, as I say, is really important. So when you invest in technology, just give some thought as well to what if it goes down? What if it breaks? How do I ensure that I've got a backup plan, failover plan or whatever, if my systems do go down? And it's really expensive to do that last point. And often it, people take a punt and take a risk. And I think now more than ever, we, we, we can't afford to do that. It's a really good point. Claire, can I just ask you on that supply chain element? what you think needs to happen to make sure it's robust? Well, I think this is a really excellent point. And I think there's, there's sort of two lenses to look through. The first one is, is, is the pandemic and the second one is Brexit. Now, arguably, many of uh, the preparations that some businesses made for Brexit actually helped slash also hindered them in the pandemic. And so it was a, it was a process in preparing for a no deal Brexit, which, you know, we did several times. If you remember, if you like to go back to 2019, that was the headache that we were constantly talking about. But it did enable businesses to look, where am I getting this from? Do I need to stockpile? What are the decisions that I need to make? Do I need to be making um, more localized decisions? And, and those are the things that have kept businesses instead and, and, and operating in 2020. Now we've got a really interesting situation where Brexit has happened, there has been a deal, but there are still many issues to be resolved um, in that new way of working. And that is that on top of a pandemic will mean that businesses will make some different, different decisions than they might have done uh, had the circumstances been just that we've left the European Union and, and not that we've got the pandemic on top. But what we need to make sure, though, is that it's a diverse um, supply chain, the communication is really clear between them, that everyone knows what part they play. 
day and that some of the business behaviors that keep a supply chain together, such as paying on time and making sure that there's clear communication are, are spread throughout. And I think also just in terms of resilience, I think one of the areas that's really come into focus is actually communication around resilience. So what you saw through um, some of the COVID uh, situation was businesses that did well were the ones that were explaining to customers and explaining to their supply chains where their challenges were and either asking for help or asking for forbearance. Um, and that was something that I think is a new arm in the resilience uh, conversation because those businesses that did communicate well did generally survive a lot better. Yeah, no, I think that's a really, really well-made point. And I think you're right, um, COVID and Brexit have really made us focus. I, I, I thought it might just be worth making a mention as well of sort of the underlying resilience challenge that we all face. And this is the sort of, for me, it's about cyber um, specifically. And, and just in the subjects of suppliers and cyber, I think the other thing that I think we should all think about doing is making sure, we, again, we work with providers and our suppliers to ensure that they have the right measures in place for them. Because when you're leaking data or when you're looking, people are looking for ways to get into your business, often they might do that by, you know, somebody third or fourth down the supply chain. It's still a way in. And certainly if you are sharing data or opening up your network so people can log on to them in different companies, then, then that also is, a, is an area where I would invite everybody to just sharpen their pencil on it again and just make sure that, that they are thinking some of those elements through as well. Claire, just you were talking about the help in terms of, you know, help that businesses could be given. Where should they be looking then to try and get help around business continuity planning? Well, I mean, I would first of all say that their Chamber of Commerce is a good place to start. Obviously, <laughs> you would expect me to say that, but I know that's absolutely true. We, we will be able to work with businesses, work through options, work through um, what their continuity plans were should be and, and, and help them connect to lots of other people. There's lots of other tools um, available, such as on um, gov.uk, which, which help businesses see what support's available for them and also to enable them to plan. But some of the best resources are actually free. Um, you can just Google, you know, what does a resilience plan look like? Should I be thinking about when I make a business plan? And one of the things that I often hear is that as going through access to finance, often that enables a business planning process as part of that application. And that's often a really good thing too. Going back to the comment about, you know, we're all part of this customer uh, journey. We're all there to support our customers. And so whether it's our brokers or our own customers as insurers, it's really, really critical for us. Us, that that we we uh, you know we really think about this and and from a resources perspective for our brokers in particular and for our customers we've got some some really good resources I hope on our um, coronavirus information hub. Uh, not just to do with coronavirus, but much more business continuity um, and resilience um, based. But they do give some ideas and some 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 details on things like how to interpret some of our policy wordings, renewals for our customers, you know, what it might mean and, and the flexibility we might be able to give you in relation to some of the, the exposures that you might have in your business that are new and the risks that, that, that are different now. Um, also, you know, if you've got people working from home and they might have previously been working in an office, what can we do to help flex um, how we support you? So there's, there's a wealth of information uh, at Allianz in particular to, to just sort of answer some maybe more specific questions. And of course, you can always contact us and, and call us. And, and this is why we're here. You know, we're here to help answer those weird and wonderful questions that you might have on, on, on what this new world means. So please, please do draw down on that resource and, and get in touch if it's, if it's useful. Maria, can I ask you about the risks that you think uh, might impact res business resilience in the future? Well, as we have discussed, resilience will become uh, more 
uh, important as the operating environment becomes uh, more complex, and we've seen it this year, uh, fast-paced and prone to disruption, both anticipated and unanticipated. As a result, resilience will uh, become more of an imperative for organizations um, with aspects like agile operating model, uh, technology, automation, uh, but also data and advanced analytics becoming really, in my opinion, key enablers of resilience going forward. If I think about this year, for instance, you know, we, we often talk also to smaller businesses about the importance of like data and having data available and being able to navigate your data in a, in a swift manner. And then uh, COVID hit, and uh, we, I was talking to several SMEs as part of our research on SMEs, and you could see straight away the difference in performance between the one who had, for instance, a nice CRM database available, and they were able to proactively straight away reach their clients as the clients weren't coming in the shop anymore, <laughs> as an example, and the one who weren't. So even large buzzwords such as advanced analytics and data, I think uh, they have proven to be uh, uh, very important. They will be even more so, I think, uh, as we think about resilience going forward. The best uh, performers coming out of the crisis are likely to be the ones who are able to embrace such, sho such sho shocks and not only remain resilient, but also uh, possibly disrupt themselves uh, and their business models uh, to really thrive. The, uh, the biggest risk for me, I think, is that people forget when we come out the other end of this, all the good stuff that we learned and took away from this. You know, we have to build resilience now in as BAU to how we operate and how we think and how we perform. You know, I used to work for an airline and, um, you know, it was quite normal. You'd have some big catastrophe and you just built all your processes and systems around the need to, to have a what if scenario that very likely would be enacted. We've just got to kind of embrace this as a business as usual thing, not a one-off thing. And I think that will be the biggest takeout we, we can take from this. Yeah, I think there's no doubt of that now, is there? Uh, well, thank you so much. Many thanks to uh, all of my guests, Stephanie Smith from Allianz, Maria Albonico from McKinsey & Company, and Claire Walker from the British Chamber of Commerce. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your usual podcast provider so you don't miss an episode. Also, it would be lovely if you could leave a review and this will also help to make sure that the podcast is easier for other people to find. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Steph McGovern.